Good evening, everybody. Thanks for joining us at Liberty Station. Tonight, I am privileged to have not only a friend, but uh, the sheriff of our county, uh, Bill Ayub. And uh, Sheriff Ayub, uh, we, we've been friends for quite a while. I mean, when you became sheriff, and it was it's, it's an interesting timing here, because I was mayor pro tem of the city of Thousand Oaks on that faithful November 7th evening um, when the gunmen went into the borderline killed 12 of our young people, a couple adults, but mostly our young people, turned the gun on himself. We, we lost, um, you know, Ron Helis, one of, one of our sheriff's deputies. And, um, I mean, I was just, it, it was seminal, the most seminal event in the history of our city. It was the worst atrocity that we've experienced. And Sheriff Dean uh, was scheduled to be he, he was finished on November 9th, as I recall. You had been brought in, and you were sworn in on the 10th. And I remember, you know, here I am, Mayor Pro Tem. I'm getting ready to become mayor, and all this happens. And I remember the intensity of it. And, and you know, here you are stepping in as sheriff, and then the fires were raging around the city. You, you've, you've got, you know... Families wanting to know if their children are one of the victims. I remember that night like it was yesterday. And I remember, it seemed to me like you had done this job your entire life. Now, in one sense, you had. But you're stepping in behind Jeff Dean, who, I mean, this man, he, he handled that office well and was highly respected by his deputies. And, and I remember the whole city just, we, we were so thankful to the sheriff's department. And, and, and I, I can tell you, when I became mayor and then we dedicated the freeway to Ron Helis and we got the park completed for the victims and the survivors and all those that suffered that fateful night, um, I, I have to tell you, being, being the mayor of the city and working with you, I, I have always considered you a friend. And then when I had to resign from office because we went through all that other stuff, you, I knew I could call you, fill you in on what I was doing, giving you the update. I was prepared for whatever was coming down the line, and you always gave me a straight and honest answer. I'm grateful for that. I just I want the folks to hear that. Yeah. Uh, and, and what was it like when, when you had to take the helm from, from Sheriff Dean on, on that critical moment? I mean, it just how did you do that? And what was going through your head, and how did you handle it all? Yeah. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you for having me here uh, on on the show. Yeah. And and I appreciate you always being straight and forthcoming and honest with me. Um, you know, always have been that way. And uh, that that night was. Uh, I think we all remember where we were yeah. when we heard about that. And um, for me, I, I was home. I just watched the the Queen movie. I think it's Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. And. Uh, I had laid down to, to sleep and I got, I got the call and um, seemed a little surreal from commander Tim Hagel at the time told me there'd been a shooting at the borderline. And, and um, I knew that was a gathering place for, yeah. for a lot of years. College night. College night. My son who was away uh, studying abroad at, at a university would have been there that night. Uh, he was a regular attendee at, at the borderline. So there was a, a special connection there for me. Um, you know, it's just, a, it's an unspeakable act of, of heinous violence. And e even today, thinking about how it happened and why, uh, just it doesn't make any sense. None of it. I mean, evil uh, visited us that day in, in magnitude proportion, and then the fires that mm -hmm. followed. And we, we had evacuation sites. 
I mean, it was it, it was just it was surreal. It was awful. It, it was, and and you know, Venture County is no stranger to natural disasters. No. We we get these wildfires. I remember as a kid seeing sheriff's deputies racing around the county uh, to to help evacuate citizens because of the big wildfires that would burn in our county, and it's likely something that's that's always going to be uh, plaguing our communities here. But uh, to have two major wildfires and the borderline happen virtually within fourteen hours, all of our resources were stretched. To the very, I mean, yes. we, we, we had officers uh, that attend our fellowship, you know, sheriffs. We also have uh, firefighters. They, they didn't see their families. I mean, they were exhausted. I mean, and even the family members were exhausted. And the prayer that was going forward uh, and, and serving the city, I, I could see this. I mean, and, and then you come in on the 10th and you got to transition with a man who's beloved and you got to work through all this and keep him abreast of it. And, and you know, it, it had to break. It had to break Sheriff Dean's heart. I mean, he he didn't want to leave the city, but they'd already arranged this long before he knew what was happening. And, and you're just following the plan. He was uh, he he had announced his retirement uh, months ahead of time. <clears throat> he planned to leave on uh, at midnight on November 9th, Ugh. actually eleven fifty nine, November 9th. and uh, it already been set in stone. I'd been appointed by the Board of Supervisors to replace him for the balance of his term, and I'd have been elected to fulfill the 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 term following that. And uh, Jeff is a, a caring man. He he served this community for forty two years. You know, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna completely agree with you. And fascinatingly enough, uh, Sheriff Dean and I are probably a little bit political op, not opposite, but we we contend. Like he he endorses the person I was running against, and all that stuff. Mm. I have to just say, as a sheriff, really great guy, and as as a person, wonderful to be around. I, I just I wish he liked me more, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, he's a caring man. He, he loved is. this community. He is. He does. And, and for me, you know, there was a moment where I felt sorry for myself. Like, what, what, what have I gotten myself into? All these things happening at once, and it didn't show. Every time uh, I saw you, you seemed composed and you had under control. I, I, I hope not, because I, I realized that you know I I'd stood before the voters and said, "I'm I'm your guy. Select me." And uh, even the way and, you handle press conferences, I mean, I I just I thought you'd been doing this your whole life. I really did because yeah. I, I was I was a noob newbie to it. I remember your uh, public information officer, PIO, when I drove over to uh, the Alex Fiore Teen Center to be with the families that were waiting notification if their children were one of the victims. Mm -hmm. And that night we went through, and I remember calling Andy Fox, who was the mayor at the time, and I said, the, the PIO wants to do interviews. He's asking. And I said, Mayor, you need to be here. And he said, he's fighting fires because Andy's a firefighter. Mm -hmm. He said, Rob, you take it. The, the professional aspect of the sheriff's department, the public information officer, the way they handled it, the way they put it before the public, you guys handled everything. And I was just so impressed with it. It was, And then you just stepped in. It seemed like you'd been doing it forever. Well, I was scared to death. <clears throat> Didn't show. Um, there, it was just, it was a big moment. I, I knew how important it was. Uh, I, I, you know, and, and I, I felt absolutely terrible for Jeff Dean being removed from office. I knew how badly he wanted to stay and help the community heal. Yeah. And yeah. recover from that terrible day, and uh, fortunately, we had a great relationship. I, I was able to update him on on key developments in the investigation and, and glean and, his wisdom and glean his wisdom. Yeah. Absolutely, that's brilliant. Uh, still, to this day, we 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 chatted on my drive over here uh, about uh, various things going on, and so I still lean on him today for his his wise counsel. And through the counsel, and, uh, through the through many counselors, your plans will succeed. That's, that's yes, that's good. Yes, but I, you know the partnership, and you you touched on it. Um, your involvement with the families 
And so this was something that was really key. We, uh, we, we had a very painstaking and methodical investigation. We had many family members looking for loved ones, not able to reach them. We, we uh, opened a family reunification center. Yeah. And sadly, most of the family members that went there were family members of loved ones lost yep. in, in the borderline violence. We, we could see that night when we were gathering mm-hmm. um, at the mall and they were calling the numbers of the hospital that would say if their child was one of the victims and they were the ones sticking around as we were out in front and we realized we got to do something for these folks. And, and your team, the department responded immediately and um, went down set up coffee and got some blankets, got the red cross there. Um, We'd never done this before. And we hadn't. And, and uh, you, you think that we had though, as, as, well as it ran and uh, as as meaningful as uh, the support system we were able to give to those families uh, during, you know, a situation that for us as first responders for you, uh, leading the city and, and trying to help the city recover, um, just incredibly challenging. And then to being that source of strength for those families to help them come to grips with what had happened. Yeah. Um, and, and you were, you were a great fit for that. Your, your, your background and serving the faithful, I think really played into your, your ability to build, to um, bridge those gaps. You're kind, but this is my show and I'm talking about you. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> Just giving you a hard time. Uh, Sheriff, I, 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 how did, how did, um, how do you handle going and telling officer Helis's wife that her husband was, was killed. How, how, how do you, how do you prepare for something like that? You, you can't, you can't prepare for it. That moment is, you know, one of the most difficult moments, uh, any, anybody's career yeah. delivering that news. I, I was a homicide investigator for several years and had to make notifications to family members that their loved one was no longer with us. And, and it is, it's the worst part of the job. I've, I've served your department as a chaplain. Um, I don't now, but I did. And um, you know, there's 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 a compassion with the sheriff's department that you don't see with most officers. And and they they stick around long after they're needed. I remember when uh, a young man took his life, and that officer stayed longer than than you know most officers would. Mm-hmm. And there was compassion there, and I, I see that in the department. Um, and and it in. The idea that it's more than a job, it's a calling to a community. Our, our, our faith says that in, in Romans that officers or first responders are ministers of justice to execute wrath on those who would do evil. So in a sense, it's a ministry in, in, within Christianity that there are folks out there wanting to do us harm. And in, in a county of over 800,000 people, there's very few that want to do us harm, but yes. they're there. Mm-hmm. And, and you're vigilant to hold that line, but also... And I noticed as a sheriff's chaplain, you guys see the worst of humanity. And so when you go to eat with your family, you got your back to the door and your, 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 you got your back to the wall and your face, your, your body's facing the door. Right. You're always vigilant. Mm-hmm. You don't turn that switch off, but you got to come home and give your family the best of who you are and not allow the ugly things you've seen to kind of mark the direction of your life. And a lot of officers don't know how to process that, but how long you've been doing this job? You know, I'm coming up on 37 years. Well, and, and you've seen some some horrific things in 37 years. As a sheriff chaplain, in the short time, I saw things I still 
can't get out of my mind. You've seen some horrific things, and yet you raise your family. You've lived in this community. You, you've risen in the ranks. You, you have a, a calm demeanor about you. You still love serving. There's still joy. You still have a smile. You can laugh. Hmm. How do you process all that? You know, that's a good question. Probably by not thinking about it too deeply. <laughs> Uh, you know, I've always sort of, I, I've always tried to keep work separate from my personal life and kind of kind of put it on a shelf. You know, what happens at work, that's something else. It's another place. Um, maybe that's my coping mechanism for sure. rationalizing the horrible things I've seen over the years. Uh, and and there are, there are plenty of those. Um, I, I, I don't really know. I, I have a circle of friends outside of the profession. They keep me grounded. Uh, I enjoy, you know, I love the job, but I also love my free time Yeah, and take advantage of that when I can. Yeah. And not a lot of that uh, lately, but I uh, look forward to the day where, where I can. And uh, yeah. Make, a man makes a, uh, a man makes a living out of what he earns and he makes a life out of what he gives and your family is your life. And that's, you know, and that, that's the time you cherish. But, but interestingly enough in a ministry, especially in uh, law enforcement, which I pointed out is a ministry. There, there's more than a job there. That's a calling. I mean, to process like like you just described and still be able to maintain sanity uh, and, and, and to educate other officers on how to succeed in the profession, because a lot of them don't succeed. I mean, right. there's probably a large attrition rate as there is in the ministry, because some folks just can't process that. Um, and, and you've been training a lot of officers, and, and the, the department, you're obviously unique. Cause, oh, and, and this is another one I want to cover, because training officers. We went from... Praising our law enforcement, thanking them for everything they did in 2018. Mm -hmm. We couldn't we couldn't thank you enough. 2019, as we we rolled into the one year anniversary, we were so grateful. And then all of a sudden, this you know defund police thing happens, and mm -hmm. we're watching riots in Los Angeles. You're sending officers to shore up. Uh, the burning and looting of buildings and overnight your officers are under siege and worried if they're, you know, that this, this was a real thing. You saw the seminal shift from hero to zero and it had nothing to do with the way you lead. It just happened to do with the dimension of culture and what we're being faced with, with what I consider political forces, but I won't go there. Um, how, how did you maintain morale and, and help the officers through what, have, what has been really 18 months or almost two years of great difficulty? You know that's a that's a great question. We we um, communicated regularly with with uh, our staff, talked to them about what was going on, and reassured them that you know they have servants' hearts, that they uh, you know are are good intentioned. Uh, we hire people with with you know hearts and minds for service lo locally, and and it speaks to that culture of compassion that yeah. we have in this organization, and. And the national narrative, even though it was trying to be applied locally, um, just didn't fit. No. There, there's not an overlay there that that meshed. And we we heard from uh, a, such a large segment of the population that supports the men and women uh, doing the good work of keeping our community safe. And and it was just a reminder that hey, you're you're hearing from a very small. Uh, number of people who think defunding the police is a good idea, who think that all cops are bad, who who uh, you know uh, vilify you because of the badge you pin on your chest. Most people are are uh, uh, thank the good Lord that you have the nerve to serve this community in that way. Yeah, and just keeping that perspective and reminding our our people that that's that's what we have in this community. The why and what you do. 
Yeah. Bill, as we're, we're talking about, you know, hero to zero and all the things that you guys face and how you process that, for you as a young man, 37 years now, when you were a young man, how did you get in to the deputy, to, to the sheriff's department, to be a deputy? What inspired you? Because I, I remember there was somebody that emulated what it, what it was I thought ministry was about, and that, you know, things are caught, not taught. Was there anyone like that in your life that inspired you? Yeah, there, there was. Uh, you know, I was in junior high school and uh, thinking about what I'm going to do for the future and, and uh, you know, really kind of conflicted. Of course, I, you know, I was a young man at the time. I, I felt like I needed to have a, a direction and a decision point at that time. And uh, my youth minister. Come who, on. That's no, great. It's, it's a true story. It's a true story. I, I, I wouldn't doubt your veracity. I never have. My youth minister, who uh, I really looked up to, I think as most young men who have youth ministers do, uh, was just a neat guy. We'd we'd gone to church camp several years together. Um, we'd we'd uh, just connected at, at a at a, a very high level, and uh, he became a deputy sheriff. So he went from one ministry to another. Come yes, on, and. and uh, you know, I had no idea he was interested in that, and I, I, I didn't know any policemen at the time. But I thought, gosh, he's such a great guy. I really want to be like him. Yeah, maybe that's for me. And, and I started looking into the idea of of serving the community in that way, and and it really fit into uh, what I wanted to do. I I, I was uh, always involved in team sports as a young man. I, what, I, what sports, if you don't mind me asking? I played soccer and baseball. Okay, and. Um, I like being part of a team. I like working collectively, like suffering together, yeah, yeah. having that bond that's formed. And I saw, I saw the profession as, as being that way. Yeah. At least I, I, th- I thought it was. And, and I wanted to be outdoors. I wanted a, to have an exciting job. I wanted some freedom in, in what I do. And I want to do something meaningful. And when I was in, I, I moved into high school and I, and I thought, okay, I'm, I have a, my plan A is, is going to be to get into college I wanted a four-year degree, um, period, and to get a job with a police department or, 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 or some department. kind of law yeah. enforcement law agency, enforcement. just to sort of dip my toes in the water and see if it was the things I, I, I thought it would be. And my plan, plan B was to go into the military, and I secretly hoped that that was going to be my, my pathway. Oh, right on. Yeah. And, uh, so which one was it? What happened? I, I, I uh, got out of high school, got accepted into, into college right away. Got hired with the Santa Paula Police Department as a why, why uh, you were in college? Cadet. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And where'd you go to? Where'd you go to school? I, I went to Ventura College initially. Uh, I did three years there. Got a couple of associates degrees. I, I did that at San Diego Mesa. Yeah. I, Very inexpensive too, way to get it. Inexpensive. I was too, too immature to go yeah. to four years school. Yeah. Why waste I money? Yeah. Too squirrely and I got you. And you know, I don't think I would have been successful. I didn't have the study habits. And, so you got and two. I, you got two associate degrees. Two associate degrees, and I and I wanted to work, and I, and I I became a dispatcher and a reserve police officer. So you and, you learned the ground floor of quite a bit of the sheriff's department with those jobs. I was the lowest le- the, the police cadet. It was part time. I, I I called myself the house mouse. I I did I cleaned the station. I took the cars to the car. You were wash. so low you could play uh, handball <laughs> on a curb. It's true. <laughs> it's true. But I loved it. I didn't care. I had purpose and a meaningful full job, and I I created the environment for the police officers and dispatchers and other people at the station to 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 get their job done. Yeah, they didn't have to worry about the trash overflowing or anything like that. Um, that was that was my job, and I lo- It was it was all the things I'd hoped for. It was exciting. Uh, every day was different. Um, the pay was easy. Yeah. you could make a living. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, the pay, pay has in, improved in, in the years since I've, I've joined the profession. Uh, but it was very, it was very much blue collar work at yeah. the time. And this was in ni- 1985. And, uh, it, and it was just for me. Enjoyed every part of it, and and so uh, you you finished with your two AA degrees. You didn't go on for a bachelor's, but then but then you got hired on, to, or you did get a bachelor's. I, I did. I I, um, I continued working. Went to Cal State Northridge. Um, got a bachelor's in psychology. Oh, okay, and then started working full time. Well, and, and did you go through the, the you know the cadets? Or, I mean, excuse me. Did you go through the training camp, or did you? I, I did. I uh, I went through. I, I graduated from college on a Thursday. So I started, you went through the academy. Started the police academy on Monday. Wow. So it was there was no break in service at all, and I was perfectly happy with that. I was going to school, I was doing what I was uh, I was doing my police work, you know, in the classroom, of course, and and in the training environment, and I was getting paid for it because I'd been a volunteer reserve police. And, and you, for years. your family's lived in Ventura County a long time. I mean, this is yeah. this has been your home. So you're serving in in the department that encompasses your hometown or your home county. At, you start in the jails, right? That's where you start as, yes. as, as, as a newly minted academy graduate, and you go into the jails. Why do they, why do they put you in the jails first? Is it a training process? So um, we we have to man our jails. We have to staff our jails. Right. Uh, it's not the most desirable it's assignment for people. Um, it, it, it's 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 tough. Um, it's not as challenging as some other jobs. It's. Um, yeah, you're working with people that are confined. They're unhappy about that generally, and and it's just not a positive place uh, to work normally. It's it's a great place to learn. Yeah, and build relationships with coworkers, learn the criminal element because they're those are the people that yeah. are in jail generally. And I, I had actually started as a police officer in Port Wyneme full time, and then went to Las Vegas for a few years as a police officer. So when I came to the sheriff in '96, I had a lot of street experience. That others in, in yes. yeah, hadn't. Okay. Yes. And and for me, coming to the jail and learning, to, well, and, I, and I'll talk to you about what I learned, but I, I learned so many things that would have helped me be a better police officer yeah. in, in the field. And and what I learned mostly is to, to respect the people that were, were in the jail. Yeah. I, I did not have any, any respect for them when I dealt with them in the community. They were criminals as far as I was concerned. And I was a young man and- and you know, naive in many ways, uh, but I viewed them as criminals. And these, these, these. Why aren't these people like me working hard to make the community better and to raise a family and that sort of thing? Uh, all they can do is criminal behavior. And when when I got to know many of these people, when they sobered up, yeah, or or kicked their drugs or 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 got out of their crisis that they were in that led to their incarceration, I, I found that there were some really good people. There were some um, incredibly talented people. And people actually enjoyed yeah. having conversations with. Gave me a whole new perspective. I remember being a sheriff's chaplain. You go in, and there'd be times where you know you'd see the humanity of an inmate in the sense that they got loved ones crying on the other side, you know, and they got issues and bills and needs, and you know, you're just you're treating each person as they're human. Now, what they've done uh, in some cases is heinous and deserves exactly what they're getting. In other cases, it's a situational that can work through it. Um, and, and each one is something you have to process as, as a human being and see each person as a human being. Try not to get callous. And 37 years and still maintain that, uh, that, that's interesting you learned it at that stage after having been on the streets as an officer, you know, almost that bravado 
mm-hmm. and then get in the heart. So, yeah, and, and I treated people with respect. I, I don't want to miss no, mistake I, I, what, I, I know what, what I said saying. for that. Uh, but but I I I also came to have a healthy respect for the ingenuity of, of many of those yeah. folks. <laughs> it, it gave me a, a whole new uh, level of appreciation for. Um, you know, taking care of myself yeah. when I interacted with the community when I later became a, a patrol officer with the sheriff's department. Uh, so, so when you when you became a patrol officer, you, you rise in the ranks. Um, when did you you start getting some yeah pretty impressive uh, promotions that brought you to a place where now you're you know you're working with Sheriff Dean, you're one of the commanders. Uh, when when did you start seeing because cream rises? So you rose in the ranks. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I, when I when I started the job, I I, I mentioned you know I, I don't want to be indoors. I want to be outdoors. I, I don't want to do public speaking by yeah. no means. You're pretty good at it. Uh, well, I, I I fake it pretty well. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, I want the excitement of you know the patrol environment. I didn't even, I didn't want to be a detective, let alone uh, you know the, let alone the sheriff. Yeah. And. And, uh, you know, I started, started settling down with my family a little bit, having children, wanting to be available. In the how, many, how many kids you have? Against, you don't mind me. You have three kids. Okay. And, they, and they're, they're, my youngest is 25. They're, okay. They're, so they're you, you get to walk around the house naked because they're all gone. I'm <laughs> not, just kidding. Not quite. <laughs> no, that was one of my jokes. My, my youngest just got married and I make that joke and it's just not appropriate for a pastor uh, to make. So, well, uh, but the folks listening, they're used to it. So sorry, right. Bill. No, fair <laughs> enough. Um, and that's going to be on the radio too. I'm sorry yeah. for the radio audience. Go yeah. ahead, Bill. Yeah, and just uh, you know, I became a detective, and 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 I was I was pretty good at it, and I liked it. It was a different kind of challenge. What we have to investigate? What, what? Uh, I started. What, I, I did some narcotics investigation when I was in Las Vegas. Uh, I got a little feel for uh, the documentation involved, writing yeah. search warrants and that sort of thing. Uh, you know, doing follow up work. Um, but I get, uh, when I was in Camarillo, I became a property crimes investigator. I did general assignment, which is burglary, auto okay. theft, yeah. minor forgery, fraud, domestic violence. And I learned a lot doing it. I, I discovered that I, I, you know, I had, there were other things in the profession that I enjoyed. I found my way into supervision, became a, a sergeant. So first, first line supervisor, um, confronting many employee challenges, and projects and other things, and and I started enjoying the administrative side of the job. I still still love the operations. I was a SWAT team member for many years, team leader and firearms instructor, that sort of thing. But I really found myself enjoying making the department better, creating an environment where the the people that love the work that I do could be successful and can you know have the right equipment and and flourish and to you know to help keep our community safe. It, it, it's an integral part of, of any organization is management. I mean, if it's not good, it, it doesn't matter all the equipment you possess. If the people, you know, for lack of vision, the people perish. I mean, you, you got to have leadership and direction. And the department, obviously, you're doing something right. You, you rise in the ranks. You go from a sergeant, which is a first line there. And w- w- what happens next? Uh, so so I was uh, sergeant rank was great. It's uh, Where were you serving? So I, I, I served in the jails, um, okay. uh, main jail, and then the honor farm. Okay. Ma- and do they the, still have that, the honor farm? Many of the listeners probably don't know. Uh, we don't. It, it closed in 19, I'm, uh, 2002, I okay. believe. I heard that was a really like successful area. You, you know, it was. We had, we had low security male inmates there, and that was where all the female inmates were housed. We had a farm site operation. We we actually uh, raised pigs. Yeah, and uh, we had a slaughterhouse there where 
uh, the, the, the inmates learned skills yeah. and the food was actually used to feed the inmate population. It was sort of a, uh, you know, a, a self, uh, self-fulfilling kind of operation. Yeah. And, uh, good for the taxpayers. And, and it was, uh, yeah, it was good for the taxpayers and, and gave, you know, gave some, uh, work experience to the, to right. the inmates there. Everybody blessed. Absolutely. And, um, but it was an efficient operation. We had to transport sure. people away up to, to, um, the Oakview area and, um, you know, back and forth to, to, for release and so forth. It was more efficient to move that population to the Todd road jail yeah. after it opened and was fully operational. But you were up there I and mean, you would operated and mm-hmm. did a little of that. When, when did you get your first street assignment? When you, uh, as a Sergeant, my first street assignment was in, uh, I believe at the end of 2001. All I right. went to Camarillo patrol as a Sergeant. And uh, yeah, great, great experience there. Uh, it, the, it was the first time that term, the buck, uh, or it's lonely at the top. Yeah, um, re- really kind of hit home. So you, you work on the dawn, on the dawn shift, and mm. you, I was the boss in Camarillo at the time. And you know, I had several deputies that worked for me. I, I was responsible for everything. Yeah, buck there stops was, with you. The buck stops with me. There was a, there was a watch commander, but that person was available at the end of a phone. And uh, in the community, the big decisions, the tactical operations, that all fell on my shoulders. You got to make so, the decision. Very good experience. And and um, and then let, let, we can just expedite because I want to know how you got commander. And because what I want to when I what I want to share with everybody is you're rising in the ranks by accomplishment, mm-hmm. but to be sheriff, you have to yeah. put you have to put your job aside and run for an elected office. Yes, I mean that that's hard to do. It's there's a sense of finality to it. Yeah. Um, when did you know you wanted to run after you'd been appointed and then you ran for reelection or how did that, that work? That's a great question. Uh, Sheriff Dean came to me and, uh, and had a conversation and, and told me that he was going to make me the next assistant sheriff. Um, I had risen through the ranks. I'd worked major, major crimes, homicide, and I uh, became a captain and ran the air unit, did, did some other things and, uh, and a commander. So there's multiple steps and I, I served many years at each level. And uh, Sheriff Dean said, hey, I want to make you one of my two assistant sheriffs, which was a pretty heavy thing. Yeah. You know, $140 million budget that I was responsible for and, and several hundred employees and, and uh, all, of the, um, all of the patrol operations and, and uh, our, what we call our special services, our detectives and SWAT. And, uh, it's a lot. Yeah, it was, it, was a lot of, it was a lot of stuff. And... During that conversation, he asked me, he goes, have you ever thought about running for sheriff? And I said, no, absolutely, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and he says, well, I, I think you've got what it takes. Wow. And um, I, I'd be willing to support you in that effort. Now, this, yeah, is, yeah, this, is, this, is, this is a man who defeated, wasn't it uh, Carpenter? Yeah. When he yes. ran for office. And Carpenter was uh, selected by the previous sheriff, uh, Arab yes. parent. And and Sheriff Dean ends up beating Carpenter, um, yes. and and he's beloved, and the department likes him, and he yeah. he tags you. Yeah, very very popular man in the community. Um, not overly generous with praise. Mm-hmm. So when well, when he gives praise, he, he, he means he, it. Yeah, he means it. Yeah, and, he doesn't uh, throw bouquets. And, and he doesn't. Uh, Jeff Dean doesn't mince words. He he's very direct in his communication. You know where he stands, and uh, it got me thinking that if this man thinks I'm a good fit for that and thinks I have what it takes. Maybe, maybe I do. Yeah. And, uh, of course I, I wouldn't make a decision like that without consulting my boss. Yeah. And, well, you're the and, head, she's the neck. Uh, yeah. 
she uh, she 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 said, "Let's let's go for it. Let's do this together." And um, and I decided to run. And and he he, I decided to run when he told me he was intending to retire. Okay. And um, I was fortunate to run unopposed the first time. I say fortunate because it's 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 an, an emotional and um, taxing endeavor. Uh, How long is the term of office? Term of office for sheriff is four years. Okay. So um, you're coming up for re-election. I am. And and this is, uh, there, there's going to be a midterm. That's that's when it's decided, is is yes. in this June election. Yes. So you don't go through November. It's not like, you know, the best two candidates. This is it. They're, they're picking a sheriff in June. Yeah, if there were multiple candidates and none of the candidates got more than 50% plus one vote, then the two top vote getters would go to November. Okay. How many folks are running? Uh, just just one other. Okay. So I have a challenger. So you have a challenger, and um, um, is this the first time you've had a challenger? It is. I ran unopposed the first time, uh, so I didn't have that experience of yeah. of the uh, of the grind of going through a, a an a, intense campaign, an intense campaign. But you got one now. I do. I, I've been working hard, and my I mean, opponent's been working hard, and yeah. Yeah, it, it's uh, and and you know it's it's interesting. I, I I've got my ear to to a lot of folks' thoughts, and everyone's looking at two guys going, well, got a good sheriff. He got us through really tough times. This guy's good too, and he says he's running for this reason. And everyone's just trying to make heads and tails of it all. Um, but I I I I'm going to be apolitical here and just kind of you know I'm not going to take a side. I. I will say this, and I said this on the Sunday you spoke at our church, I've known you to always be truthful. I've known you to be a dear friend, and I knew I could call you. I could tell you exactly what we were intending. I knew that if there was something going down, you'd let me know. We'd prepare for it. Uh, I've always enjoyed that relationship with you. And and I've seen that with everyone that's interacted, that I'm affiliated with, that's interacted with you. And now you're coming into a challenge, and... Now you're seeing what I've seen when I run for office. You're seeing things said about you that you don't necessarily agree with or believe to be true, and you're standing and frustrated by it. But that's the that's the edgy side of politics. How are you and your yeah. wife processing that now? And and how do you respond to things that are said about you that well you you just declare patently untrue? How do you defend that? That's the greatest challenge with with uh, what I'm going through with this election right now. And a- any challenger facing an incumbent has to point to something that is wrong. Uh, why else would you elect somebody if there's if everything's going well? And so that that's what I'm seeing today is is uh, issues being in, well, in some cases fabricated sensationalized, exaggerated, and made, made to look as though there's a, a crisis going on within the organization. You didn't hear about this crisis until there was a, a campaign for the office. And you certainly don't see the crisis in the outcomes that we've seen um, through the agency's work. And, and I'm talking about the you know, aftermath of the borderline, the, the um, the managing of the major wildfires. We've had three campaign wildfires yeah. in the last three and a half years. Uh, major uh, taxation on our on our resources and communities. Uh, political divisiveness that challenges us as as peacekeepers in the community. That you know what I I I resigned from the city council because I knew 
in the midst of this, just everything that was happening politically. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, California dealt with this, in my estimation, worse than any other state in the union. And we were contending with state infringement and it was, it was coming down from the highest and they're, you're being directed by supervisors and it was a three to two vote. And I mean, it is just so divisive, the, the approach. But bottom line, I'm standing on principle what I believe to be true and I'm willing to be put in jail. I'm willing to face whatever's coming my way. I understood that. I, I wouldn't have been opposed to anything that happened to me. And I know you and everyone else didn't want that optic and that's the last thing on anybody's mind. And, you know, you, you're, you're defending the Constitution and that's your role. But I, I, I resigned from the council because I knew that they'd have to censure me and they had enough on their plate with what they were facing with the state and the county. That's the last thing they needed. And I knew they wouldn't stand with my decision. It was my decision, not theirs. So I stepped away from it to give them freedom. But I know exactly what you're talking about. You navigated the department through just absolute polarizing divisiveness, not only in the state, but in the county and cities. Yeah, it's re- really, tough. really a minefield yeah. if you think about it, and and uh, y- you know, continuous, uh, continuously changing uh, goalposts, yeah. if you will. Yeah, the ever moving goalposts. Well, there's four boxes, and it's three colors, and it's six now, and I'll forget all that. We're just, yeah. you know, the virus comes out at ten p.m. You got to go inside. One of the things I, I I said during this this you know the the changing health orders and the uh, different restrictions that were being I- I implemented in the community. And I'm no, I'm no epidemiologist and I, or health official. I don't, I don't know what, what the right thing to do is, but, um, the one thing that, and, and the one thing that was consistent during that time was the inconsistency yep. because we just didn't word. know what the right thing to do was. Yep. You hear it from multiple sources, the public was losing buy-in. And yeah. Well, so was, we were just getting tired of an unelected official telling us all the time, and, and now we look back and we're looking at data and we're seeing all this thing. And I, I'm not, I don't want to harp on this because I really wanted the folks to hear from you. I, I will say this though. Uh, now looking at the data and looking back, we're, a lot of us are just frustrated. Not, we're frustrated that an unelected official just, just ran roughshod over all of our businesses, our schools, our lives. Um, and, and I got a feeling nobody's going to want to do this again. If, if they try to implement this again, I mean, a virus is going to do what a virus does. And, you know, you're, you're, you, we've, got, we've got medical apartheid now. Mm-hmm. And, and we've got essential and non-essential. I, I can't believe in such a short period of time, our, our, our entire country, state, county, everything went through this. And you're still running <laughs> you're, 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 you're a glutton for punishment. My wife said that too. Yeah. But, but you, oh. I, I, I know you, Bill, you, you yeah. love the County. You love the people. Uh, it's not about money to you. It's not no. about fame. And what, there's obviously something that's calling you on this. You, you know, it, it's, you, you, you touched on it. Um, and we were talking about all the, all of the challenges that we've seen in the community, many that are still simmering right under the surface. Yeah. And, and, uh, it's, it's very easy to see, challenges on the horizon too. Um, when I ran for office, I, there were things I wanted to accomplish. I wanted to improve our training and equipment, uh, focus on the homeless issue that, right. uh, you know, is, is growing. And there's a variety of reasons why it's, it's continuing to grow and will continue to grow. Uh, the mental illness that we see in the community, the, the, the drugs that are pouring into our community, the dependence issues that are leading to more and more overdose deaths, uh, each year. And, 
and made some good headway on those on those things, improving training and equipment facilities for our staff. Uh, really good inroads on working with the mentally ill. But there's many things that are in mid phase with with my work. I, I want to see those things through. I want to get us through these challenging times. I want to make sure the department is strong and resilient and capable of serving my family. Yeah. Yeah, I have have four generations of family in Ventura County. I want to see that this county remains the safe haven, you know, Hamlet type of county that um, we we expect it to be. That's why we live here. I don't know if we want to go there, but I, you know, your job is made exponentially more difficult when you got a bad DA. And we're watching what's happening with Gascon in LA, and we're seeing people leave LA in droves, moving here into Ventura right. because they're not prosecuting anything. You you can arrest them, but the DA lets them out. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm not going to speak for you. I'm not going to ask you to comment, but I'm going to publicly say the DA we have right now is very concerning to me. I, I um, if if I get elected, th- that's one person I'm frustrated by. I'm just saying that. I, I'm not asking for your comment. I, I know that. You know, this is a world for you. You have to navigate. I understand that world. But I will say, um, if we're not going to have someone who's going to support our officers who are doing the hard work on the ground and they're letting the criminals out, I, and, and you, were getting, you were getting mandates from the state to do that. We this is a tough job. And, and here, the, the state is imposing itself and stealing our autonomy, and you're trying to maintain the safety of the county. This is a tough one to navigate. And, and you're going to have to be real creative and wise and, and all your deputies and, and the maintain morale. I just have to commend you because every deputy I've spoken to, every deputy I've spoken to, they love their job. I, I hope they do. And, and, you know, it's my responsibility to create an environment for them to be successful, to give them the tools and support and, and equipment they need uh, to, to help keep our community safe. And that, that's my goal. That's that's my my only purpose, really. When I yeah. when I was mayor of the city, yeah. and we sat down with uh, the the two officers that you had assigned to the homeless in in Thousand Oaks, mm-hmm. they knew the names of every single person, their circumstance, their situation. They knew the locations. They knew the, I mean, they were on it. And and the minute we had a call or a complaint or a struggle, not only were they were they proactive, but they had a location to help them and where to place them and uh, coming up with solutions on limited budgets and hesitancy and people wanting to, you know, do homeless shelters and increase it. There's a thousand ways to approach it. But personally, I look at the state as they're perpetuating this homeless situation in many regards, because in a lot of cases, it's it's a mental illness issue. It's a drug issue. Uh, and San Francisco, you know, you can build as many homeless shelters as you want and let people run amok and, and, and give them needles and crack pipes and whatever else. That doesn't solve it. This is a humanity issue. And I just have to say, you guys, you guys walk that brilliantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's a little bit of a secular progressive mindset in a lot of the county, you know, social services. Mm-hmm. But you also understand the need for the law and protecting citizenry and the, the rights of individuals, even if they're homeless. I mean... Those guys did a great job. I, I was really impressed. As, as the mayor of the city, I was thankful for the department you created there. Thank, thank you for that. And we're, we're really proud of the work we're doing with the homeless community as well. Another component that, that those deputies work with is the family members yeah. of the homeless. Yeah, uh, they, they knew where to send. They, could, they yes. could get them tickets. They'd been in contact with them. I remember that. I mean, seriously, you, you're not blowing smoke. That's, the, that's legitimate. I, 
I remember those meetings and knowing we could we had those those options. Yeah, and it's all about trying to get these folks out of homelessness. Yeah. Everybody find, had a name. Everybody find, had a name. Finding what services they need to help support them. In many cases they're they're resistant. Um, w- one of the reasons we have deputies specifically assigned to that community is to build that relationship with those those individuals in homelessness. Most as you said are mentally ill. Yeah. Uh, I I really I really believe, we, I mean, we see more and more mental illness in the community. I, I really believe we need to have a lower bar for compelled mental health care. I agree. The bar is so high now, and the the capacity for it in our community is just not where it needs to be. And, yeah. and that's something we really need to focus on. I, I agree. I, I also, um, I was grateful when I was the mayor, seeing the public-private partnership uh, with the sheriff's department, uh, and even with, with the city itself, working with churches, Working with nonprofits, and there was there was a willingness to interact, um, and and it, uh, you, you welcomed us to participate, and, and really seeking dialogue and, and getting input and applying and putting those thoughts into practice. I I was very impressed as a mayor that year, um, interacting closely with the sheriff's department. And so I, I can just tell you thank you. Well, you know the faith based community is an incredible resource for us. Um, because it, it's such an influential component of our society, yep. and and uh, you know ministers, rabbis, imams, they they have connections with with people in the community we couldn't hope to have, and so it's it's the way we keep our community safe having those relationships, um, you know, working together collaboratively on issues of mutual interest. Public safety should be everybody's interest. Um, it's not just the police and the firefighters. It, it, everybody should be involved, and and that's how we do it with those relationships. I know your time's valuable, and forgive me for just keeping to ask asking you questions. And I know you've you've gone to debates and you've been going everywhere, and you know, you know managing a sheriff on the county and then running for office, and you know that's that's hard for anyone running for office. Um, so forgive me, but I'm going to ask you some more questions if you have a little bit of time. Sure. I, I wanted to ask you in this campaign. What's been the thing that's hurt the most that just didn't true? The you know I've I've uh, my my opponent has uh, union support so the the labor unions are are lined up behind him and and providing funding and and uh, messaging to the community and so forth. I've, I that's really hurtful to me. Uh, not so much that they're lined up behind and supporting uh, my my opponent, but the the messaging which which. I, I believe is is sensationalized for political gain, and I've been the recipient. Per, perhaps, I've been the recipient of that messaging. Per, perhaps they believe it, and um, I, I don't know, but the evidence certainly doesn't support it. And uh, you know the 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 politics. You know, I want when I when I agreed to to run for office the first time is because I wanted to do the job. Yeah. I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to create an environment for our people to be successful. I wanted to help our community be even safer and do all the things that I'd done for throughout my adult life. And I, I was fortunate to avoid the political contest the first time. Uh, but this time, it's it's ugly. Yeah. It's it's hurtful. There's name calling. There's things being said. There's relationships being ruined. And to me, it 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 feels senseless. Yeah, uh, a campaign that leaves bodies everywhere is just not you know you you run in such a way as to win but not at the expense of people you're going to be shopping with when the election's over um you know you you treat your opponent and your teammate i always say is as they're as they're both jesus 
you know, people aren't the enemy, they're the opportunity. Run run on policy and, and not at the expense of the other person's life. Yes. Um, and, and I... That I do despise that about politics. I've run for office, I, and I know it's a blood sport, and, and that's one of the reasons why I don't do social media, I, I don't read the local papers, I just don't do it anymore, because folks get real brave behind a keyboard, and, and they say things to you you know, behind a keyboard they wouldn't say to your face, and I quite honestly, I, it doesn't matter. I, I want to be able to look at them as a member of the community, and they can have opposing views, and and... I just don't want their words to taint the way I would feel about them when I'd see them in public. Um, but to win a campaign or to run a campaign like that, it never does a community any good. And I, I get it. You, you, you ran one where you didn't have to deal with that. Now you have to. Well, welcome to the blood sport of politics. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. Thank you. But, but you know, and and in spite of the events, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Yeah. No. <laughs> and for for me, I'm I'm running the organization. Yeah, and you know we we have almost thirteen hundred employees and and hundreds of volunteers, and it's very complex. A lot of issues going on requires a lot of my attention, and one of my chief goals, especially when I ran the first time and this time as well, is to not create a division within the department because I just feel like that's counterproductive to the good work that uh, our community needs us to do, and and it it it's heartbreaking to me to see that form. Yeah, um, because that's occurring. There are people that uh, su- support one side or the other, and it and it creates a rift. Yeah, and it's gonna it's it's gonna leave scars, and it's gonna take time to heal. Well, with union backing it, that that gives them a lot in their uh, purse strings to do advertising, and it does. And this is making a challenge for an election for you. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it absolutely does. Well, I I I just for the folks out there wanting to make a decision and trying to figure it out, um, you. you you know, I'm, I'm sitting with you, and you've done everything you said you'd do. And as as a, a friend, you've served me, you've served this community. Um, I, I've I've held office while you were the sheriff. I, I see how you interacted with the city and how you did good work. Um, I'm grateful for you, and oh, and I you. I know it's a tough campaign, and man, I just I wish I wish it campaigns didn't have to be like this. I, I wish people could just be civil and. Um, Take the high road, Bill. As do I. I intend yeah. to. And yeah, w- I, win or lose, we maintain our character. Yeah, I, I pride myself on on being positive. Yeah, uh, in, in my interactions and my my messaging, and and I just you know the negativity, I I, I just don't have time for it. Yeah, and at the end of the day, come the election, um, you, you just you just gotta put it behind you and embrace and move forward for the sake of the county yes, and that that's hard to do the more vicious it gets but i i've been praying and just asking that that god would would bring a civility over the county and there'd be a, a tenderness um especially in the elections and and, and i even see same party people running mm-hmm. and they're they're vilifying one another i, I just can't process yeah. that at churchgoers i mean really it's it's insane it is. The civil discourse is, yeah. uh, seems to be non-existent these days. We have to get back to just being neighbors. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, um, Bill, is there is there any... I keep calling you Bill because you're my friend. No, Sheriff, please, please uh, forgive me. Sheriff, is there anything that you want to share with the folks? Um, this, this, this message goes out on KDAR 98.3 as well as our podcast and uh, Liftable TV. And it also goes out on you know YouTube and Rumble. 
um, there, there's a number of folks out there that uh, they're, they're hearing what you're saying. They they care about the county. They want to make a difference. How do, how do they help you? Yeah. Um, so, you know, when I ran the first time, I had most people say, I, we have a sheriff. I, I don't, what does a sheriff do? I, I live in Ventura. Mm. Do I get to vote for the sheriff? You know, they had no idea uh, what, what that person does. And it's a, it's a really critical position for, for it's county the, It's the most powerful elected position in any county. Yeah. Um, you could declare martial law. Extraordinary amount of power. Yeah. Uh, extraordinary amount of resources to wield. And, and by the way, I was grateful you were in office when we were going through the greatest challenge as a church. I, I just, I knew that the decision you would make would be one that you would seriously labor over and, and consider wisely. I, I just knew we were in good hands. No, thank you for that. It was, I, uh, I knew, I, I knew it was tough, a tough time to be sure. You needed the wisdom of Solomon on that one. <laughs> I'm not sure I had that, but I, I wrestled with, with a lot of issues, and churches were, were, were one of them. Yeah. We had a lot, a lot of challenges during that time. But I, I, uh, you know, the challenges, and I, and I saw many of my colleagues, sheriffs around the state, leave midterm, the social justice yeah. demonstrations going they, they just on. just enough. Added scrutiny coming down from Sacramento in the form of legislation that takes away rights and authority from our deputies and efforts to reduce the power of the office of the sheriff. Um, all these things that were happening, and, and I, saw, I saw police chiefs and sheriffs leaving in droves, and I felt actually the opposite. I felt more empowered and more determined this to is the continue time to, stand. to serve. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We, don't, we don't leave when it's tough. We, we leave when, when the coast is clear and the waters are smooth and we can have a smooth, seamless transition. Yeah. And that's what I'm looking for. I hope, I hope that day comes. And, well, uh, how do folks support you? You know, I um, I uh, have a campaign website, and what I would encourage people to do is is you know, try and try and uh, you know filter out the campaign rhetoric. Go go to the websites, do Google searches, do research, uh, find out what each individual stands for. Um, I very clearly post my positions on my my public website, and uh, I, I think that's you know speaks to my my openness and my my firmness on on the the you know the the pertinent issues in the community and that's why I post those there they don't change if i'm talking to a conservative group or a liberal group or school children uh, i i mean my my issues my my views on things are are consistent and uh and get the facts um, there's, there's a lot of misinformation that's circulating around the community. I, I will talk to anybody anywhere, anytime about my views on issues. And I, I'm just about service. I want to continue serving to help keep the community safe. I'm not looking to elevate my status, uh, or, or my, my pay. I have those things already. In fact, I, I could, I could retire and it would be financially beneficial to me to yeah. go into a, another line of work and draw the pension that I've earned and my, and and uh, use the savings that I've accumulated. So that's, it's that's just not the way to do it. You, you have a heart to finish what you started. It's it's about service with me. Yeah. I just want to continue helping this community get through these tough times. Well, Sheriff, um, thank you. Thanks for for coming and being a part of Liberty Station. Um, you know, I, I put the invitation out to anyone who wants to come. And and sometimes we get uh, local officials who want to come in and talk. We sometimes we get candidates that uh, we opened up the church. Any any candidate who wants to come because we believe in governed by cons, governed by the uh, consent by the of the uh, of the governed. So these these elected officials seek the consent of the governed, and they've got to present themselves. So uh, 
you know, church wants to make, folks in the church want to make that decision. So we invite anyone who wants to come to speak. Now we shut it down after the absentee ballots came out. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we just have candidates every single Sunday and it's, it gets a little tedious. Yeah. Um, but you came out and, and folks were grateful that you came out as busy as you were. You weren't able to make all the services, but you did. And and I, I made it up to you. I said, I know you got to go because I think you had a call. So I, I had you come on the, the live stream and you did it. And this is a long time to be sitting with me, but I'm so grateful. No, thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate being able to connect with members of our community and, and to chat with you. Yeah. We don't really get a chance to do that much. Not, not yeah. too often. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to to working with you. If I get elected and if you get elected, I I know it's going to be interesting days ahead. But I, I know you know how to handle it because I've seen you do it. And um, I just wanted folks to hear how I feel about you. You're a friend and you are a wonderful sheriff and I'm grateful for your service. And um, I just wish you the best, Bill. Thank you, sir. All right. I wish you the best as well. Thanks. Well, folks, this has been a wonderful episode of Liberty Station. And I, I'm here with a, a friend and also a colleague in the sense that we served together. He became the county sheriff uh, just a little bit before I became the mayor of the city. And I, I worked with him during the most critical time in the history of our city when we suffered the borderline shooting and all the fires that enveloped our city. And I, I worked with this man, and he's a friend, and I was so grateful that he agreed to come in and, and talk with me so folks could hear. Because this is going to be a critical decision between these two candidates, and you got to make that decision. you got to take a look at it. And tonight, you got a chance to hear the heart of this man. And he is a servant, and I'm grateful for him. So I wish you well. Do your homework. And until next time, thanks for joining us at Liberty Station. God bless you all. Good night, everybody.